I am doing a work of unity. And what does that mean to you, said the Lord, and what does it mean to me, says your Father? For I have created all things, and I have created all people. And there shall be a spirit of unity like you've never seen before. For I have taken the high and mighty things that are in man and brought them low. And I have taken the broken that have cried out to me, and I'm lifting them up. For your place is in me, said God. So stay at my feet. Stay under my arm. Stay under my wings. Stay in the inner court, said the Lord. My spirit within you is deep. And my spirit in me is deep. And the deep calls to the deep. The deep in me, said God, calls to the depth of you, said the Lord. Said the Lord. So come and reason, and I will share with you the revelation as you need it. Don't try to run ahead of me, and don't stay behind me, but look for my daily word. Look for my revelation that I will give to you at the right time, says the Lord. Diotra kabondi di yachishi atre pehela rogododi yasam. Mela rogododri kiti beto chichi antrometo sotopikiela rogotoso tomoriman. Detre kato chichi atre sititi biantrometo rogoburi indidiatroposaram. Dela kato chichi an. Matre kito satorbek lorubudi ena Maria kuto sherto balehela kodiyathre bahando ne meeting. Bosoto chishi atre ka datiyatso sandre meyato kutubu kodiyathre biyathro moho tobu kotiji onda deyasete bela regitoria. Matso sot jethre pekato motore pekoto chishi tro kuntunda matre kilere biyato saram. Beata chato kotos, beata, beata, beata. Well, the Spirit of Grace says, Am I not the Creator? There's not one star that twinkles. There's not one planet that moves. There's not one meteorite that flies, lest I give it permission. I tell you, I have this world in control. I have chaos in my hands. Not one thing happens that I do not allow, says the Spirit of the Lord. For did you not sing it that you are free? I tell you, this morning has not been by accident that many messages have come from this pulpit on stepping into your glory land. For I tell you, it's time this hour, this minute, right now, it's time you cross over your Jordan into your promised land. For I have moved, I have moved, I have moved every giant out of your way, says the Spirit of the Lord. There's not one thing blocking.
asking you to come into my presence. Not one. And I desire you be in my presence. Time now to step over. Step into my glory. Stop worrying. Stop fearing. Stop fretting. For I am in control. So the Spirit of the Lord bask in my glory and bask in my presence, says God. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Eric, and these are your. It is not the charisma of man, but it is a heart that comes before you, Father. A heart that is open, a heart that is, is open to hear your voice, to hear your heart, to know your mind. And Father, that is what we present before you. Just our openness. Father, we present ourselves as living sacrifices before you, holy and acceptable in your sight. Father, we thank you for the the privilege that we have of coming boldly before your throne to receive the mercy and grace that we need. But Father, we cry out for that same mercy and grace for our loved ones, for our friends, for our families. Father, that you would pour out your mercy and grace upon them. Father, that you would continue to draw them to you. Father, you tell us if you are lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. And Father, we proclaim that name, the name of Jesus over our families, our friends and our loved ones. Father, we thank you that they are coming into your kingdom. Father, we thank you that you will pursue them to the ends of this earth. Father, you will pursue them to the end of their their natural life on this earth. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for doing that which only you can do, and that is bringing those that we love, those that we care for, Father, into that born-again experience, the same experience that we have, Father, that not only can they be part of our natural family, but, Father, they can be part of our spiritual family. Father, we hold up bishops to you. We thank you, Lord, for Bishop and Dr. Cheryl. We thank you, Father, for keeping your hand upon them, for keeping them strong in the Lord and the power of your might. Father, thank you that they continually humble themselves before you, that you lift them up. Father, we thank you that they are strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the word that will come forth from this pulpit through Dr. Cheryl, that it will impact our hearts. Thank you, Father, the bishop is resting, Father, in your presence, that, Father, he is communing with you even now. We give you praise and thanks. Lord, we lift up our overseers, Apostle C and Dr. Uh, Sister C. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to make them like Joshua, like Caleb, that they are strong in their older age, in their elderly life, Father. They continue to push, push, push into your kingdom. Father, thank you for health and well-being upon them. Thank you, Lord, for strength, physical strength, emotional strength, spiritual strength, Father, that flows out through them. Father, thank you for Dr. Gardner. Thank you, Lord, that he continues to be a pioneer. Father, thank you even in his elderly age. He is strong in you. The Father, he hears from you. That he has words of wisdom, understanding, of knowledge. That he continues to go about preaching and teaching and sharing, Father, that which you have put upon his life, his, his life, Father. Thank you for your hedge of protection around him as he travels. And Father, we lift up our evangel family. We thank you, Lord, that we are truly family. We thank you, Lord, that we are gathering together as believers, Father, to lift up the name of Jesus, to hear your word, Father, to hear your voice, to gather together, Father. And thank you, Lord, that when this service is done, we can all say it has been good to be found in the house of the Lord. So, Father, we speak to the needs of this house, and we say, Father, you are the one who meets the needs, whether it be health, whether it be uh, financial, Father, whether it be spiritual, emotional, relationship. Father, thank you that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. 
So, Father, we have given this service to you, and we continue to give you this service. And we say, have your will and your way. And everybody said, amen. Lift your hands this morning and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, the gosh, here the Asaka Baba Baba Bashi. Oh, Lord, the gosh, here the Asaka, but the gas, here the gasoko. Come on, can you pray as if your life depended on it this morning? Oh, Lord, the gosh, here the Asaka, but the gas, here the gas, oh, the gas. Oh, Jesus! 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 We need you, Jesus. Lord, we just humble ourselves this morning. We just humble ourselves before you. We cannot go as if this is just business as usual. We cannot just have a nice service. We need your breaking. We need your presence. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fall. We don't want to go out of here the same way we came in. I just right now bind every power of darkness. And those things that would try to bind our minds. Right now, I just speak a focus on Jesus. Redirect us, God, right now. Redirect us in our lives, in this nation, in the body of Christ. Redirect us. Position us. God, you are bringing us to a place of decision. God, let us hear your word this morning and let us do something with it. Give us ears to hear, oh God. We are broken. 
We are broken without you. We are broken before you. Use your word and your spirit this morning. Thank you, my Jesus. Right now, all over the building, and even on live stream this morning, if you have a need in your body right now, I just want you to put your hands toward the screen, or if you're in the building, just lift up your hands. He's a God that heals, and he doesn't leave any stone unturned. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that as we are in this place, we are in our upper room, God. We're asking for a touch this morning from the healer. We're asking you to touch this morning and heal. Heal minds. Heal bodies. Heal our soul realm. Do only what you can do, God. Do what only, only you can do, God. Touch. Restore. We drive out the doubt. We drive out the fear. We drive out all those that would say, well, I don't know. Yes, we know. We know that you heal. Touch us this morning. Thank you, my Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. begin to thank him. Thank him for everything. Just begin to thank him. He's a good God. He's a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you feel better already? Glory to God. Come on. Give him thanks this morning. If you're watching by live stream, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. He's worthy. Hallelujah. I want to share with you this morning, and I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so glad that you're watching by live stream. Our bishop sends his love and he's watching right now <laughs> thank you for your faithfulness last week I had to preach at one of our other churches because the pastor was not well how many of you know we have to bear one another's burdens amen 
But God has given me something. And I don't want you to... I don't want you to just say, oh, another word about getting close to Jesus. (laughs) But he spoke to me. I want my people to get to the upper room. Look at your neighbors say, get to the upper room. So I began to just do a little research because we all have in our mind what the upper room was. In fact, I went there. I was in Israel and I went to the upper room. You know, we just think you climb a bunch of stairs and you get to the top. But one of the things that was pretty incredible was those stairs. You know, our stairs here, for the most part, kind of go on a slant and you get to the top. Up, You know, in Israel, you go up the stairs, you're like literally climbing the side of a mountain. <laughs> the steps just go straight up. So at least I wasn't wearing my high heels that day. But I discovered something interesting. I don't know what I expected when I got to the top, but it was just a room. People said, how oh, did you feel the presence of God? Well, I felt the presence of God all over Israel, but it was a room. And God began to show me even then when I went to Israel, he said, you are the presence of God in the earth. Not a room. So he began to speak to me this week about tell the people get to the upper room. And he said to me, you know, Cheryl, this is a season where everything's happening really fast. So you don't just go to the upper room. He said to me, you got to live from the upper room. Live from it. Because truly we are in times that, I don't know about you, but I've never been here before. How many of you would say I've never been here before? Some wild and crazy stuff. It's a new era new times. And he said, I'm taking you where you've never been. Look at your neighbors and say, well, I'm there. Because <laughs> we've never been here. Never. Never been in a place where some states in our, in our America, some states don't have no church because they can't. Some states don't even have church because now they're closed for good. Never been here. You could always go to church. Never been where I walk into a grocery store and it's total insanity. Except at the holidays. But it's like there's a holiday every week here now. Right? Never been where shelves don't have stuff on them. 
or where you go to that shelf and you're expecting something that you were looking for to be there only it's just been loaded with other stuff and I'm looking for a price on this thing that I wanted and I pick up but it's got the labels of everything else in the store on these shelves except what I'm looking for never been never been where all our kids are either in school maybe or they're online didn't have no onlines <laughs> never been and this whole year has been that I mean if you look back last year December life was business as usual this year, December, there's not going to be a Times Square influx of people everywhere. I highly doubt it. But he said to me this week, he goes, I'm going to give you a fresh faith and a fresh boldness. But you got to get to the upper room. He says, I'm going to cause you to know me. And he said, this is going to be a season where I'm mixing the word and my spirit. How many of you want that? Wow. I want that. But how many of you know it don't come for free? People have said to me, oh, well, salvation's free. No, it's not. It costs you something. It costs you a decision. It costs you your will. I guess it just depends on what you think is free. We got to know him. We got to get to the upper room. He says, in all this chaos, I am going to deliver hope. How many of you have had some hope? Yeah, it's kind of cool. When everybody's all fretting out and worried and fearful, you come along with hope. And then he plants those little scriptures in your mind. Nothing is impossible with my God. We got to get to the upper room. What is the upper room? You know, I said, okay, God, give me something that I can say the upper room is. He says, how about a place of preparation? He says, if you don't think I'm not preparing you in this season. He says, people will look at this whole thing in different ways. He goes, but my people... My people know they're getting prepared. How many of you ever thought about boot camp? Only thing I thought about it is glad I ain't there. But boot camp is where you get prepared, right? You don't walk through every day of boot camp thinking you've been arrested by the enemy and you're going, to, you're going through hell. Boot camp is where you get prepared. 
So you go through some stuff. He says, the upper room is that place of preparation. He goes, it's a place of encounter. How many of you have encountered Jesus in this season? Either out of desperation or just, you just ran like a crash course right into him or whatever, but you have encountered Jesus. Not no man. Ain't no man going to give you all the answers for the world. Jesus. He said it's a place of prayer. Some of you are going to say to me, well, I can pray everywhere. But then he said, but it's a place of empowerment. You don't get empowered everywhere. You get empowered when you are alone in a place with him and you're focused and there's not this on you and that on you and pulling and pulling. You are just focused on Jesus. We got to get to the upper room. Look with me at Acts 4, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God boldly. How many of you, when you begin to pray, when we were just praying in the Holy Ghost, I could sense the presence of God. I could sense the Holy Ghost. Some people were saying, I didn't sense nothing. You got to get to the upper room. You got to get to the upper room. People have been telling me they watch on live stream and they sense the presence of God coming through the screen. They're in their upper room. God says, I'm going to mix the spirit and the word in this season. See, that's why we really got to get out there and share. Because people don't know. So they're operating out of their minds what they know. Or think they know. Everybody thinks the answer to the world is in the midst of all the chaos. It's not the answer. He's the only answer. You can't change people. He changes hearts. In Deuteronomy 26, verse 8. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Not a candidate. Not a state representative. Not a congressman. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. That means he was doing stuff. He did it with his hand of miracles and an outstretched arm. And he said to me, that's my love. 
with great terror and with signs and wonders. That word terror doesn't translate like fearful terror, like a, you know, scary movie. That terror translates like awe, like we see a miracle and we're like, wow. It says, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. How many of you have experienced his miracles, signs, wonders, his love, and you know it was the Lord that brought you out? Not a program. Programs are good. Not a rehab center. Rehab centers are good. But every person I've ever encountered who gets free and stays free, even the ones that some people would say, well, they, they just put their mind over, their will over the matter. No, they'll even tell you, yeah, I was like, I don't know, it was like something supernatural came over my life. Yeah, his name is Jesus. Look at Psalm 136, verse 12. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand. He's a doer. He can do stuff. How many of you can do stuff? He can do stuff like we ain't never seen. He can make provision out of five little loaves of bread and some fish. And feed like 5,000. Which really translated like 10,000. Because it was including the women and the children. Wow, how many of you could feed 10,000? I have a hard time taking care of meals for two. He can do stuff and his outstretched arm. How many of you have experienced his arms are never too short? Man, his love. How many of you have seen him love people that you would just like, ooh? People that you're like, God, get them saved and then just take them home. But not God. He's got outstretched arms. The key is don't be in a hurry. We all want to hurry. We all want to, come on, God, let's get this fixed. Let's get this done. I've been waiting at least a whole two days. We gotta wait on him. Some people are gonna use this season to get all this glory and fame. Look what I did. I don't want no fame. I just wanna be a servant of God and I want him to say, Good job, Cheryl. I don't care if anybody knows me. The less people that know you, the less trouble you get in. Right? But he said this to me. He said, it's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's not a command. 
He says, when you tell them, get to the upper room, he says, it's an invitation, not a command. What a gentleman. Plus, he finds out who really wants what he wants. Invitation. You've been given an invite by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come into his presence. Wow. And how many in the body of Christ blow that off? He invites us all the time. But by God, if they got an invitation from the Queen of England... They'd have been out shopping, buying the perfect outfit, making sure they were learning all the protocol. And here we got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he says, I'm giving you an invitation. Come to my upper room. Come into my presence. He says, I won't command you. It's an invitation. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, are you going? Say, you got an invitation. How many of you at home would say, I am going, man. I've got this invitation. I'm showing up. An invitation. You know what that spoke to me? You got to make a choice. We got to make a choice. Sometimes we like it better if we're commanded to do stuff. Then we don't have to think. We just go do. But would you want to be with anybody that you had to command to be with you? No, thanks. When Bishop asked me to marry him, we were in a little French restaurant in Canada Yay. And I'll never forget we were at a on a little uh, at a little table by looking out over the water. And he got up from the table and he got on his knee. And I was so flabbergasted. I mean, I knew we were going we were going to get married, but I hadn't a clue. And he invited me to be his wife. I had to make a choice. How many of you see how precious this invitation is? How many of you feel, wow, I'm special? It's an invitation. See, when we accept that invitation, then we want to come into his presence, and it's not we got to repent, it's we get to repent. We get to change. We get to be silent and listen to what the precious words are of the one that loves us more than anyone in the world. We get to pray 
we get to seek him. And we want to because we're just enwrapped in his love for us when we go to the upper room. We've not been here before. So it's all the more reason we want to get to the upper room. I want him to tell me, what do we do now? <laughs> like, I am totally at a loss. Like, this was your idea, God. <laughs> you know, you can either look at this whole thing this year with a pandemic and the crazy chaos with the political arena, and you can say, oh, my God, this is awful. Or you can say, wow, this is an opportunity. See, how are we looking at stuff? You can look at it and say, oh, the same old junk's going to happen. Or you can say, wow, the body of Christ is called a pioneer. We're going where no man has gone before. Star Trek world. How are you receiving that invitation? Because I think like he's the major pilot of this starship. And I want to know what's going on. So I'm going to go ask him. I'm going to ask him. Not the president. I'm going to ask him. Not my congressman. I'm going to ask him. Not my counselor. I'm going to ask him. Not my boss. I'm going to ask him. Because he knows what's going on. He's commanding this ship. He's in control. They're all just trying to do what they're supposed to do too. I had someone the one day, I was talking to them about some things in their lives. And they go, you know, pastor, you're supposed to know. You're the one with the answers. I said, oh man, don't put that on me. I said, you're supposed to know you're living it. <laughs> See, we all want to do that. We all want to say, just tell me what to do. Just show me where to go. Just tell me who I got to be. And God's saying, no, I'll do that. You just get to the upper room. And for so many of us, we really think that getting to that upper room is we got to climb the side of a mountain. We got to go up the stairs. And we're like, oh, that just looks like a lot of work. And it's not. It's not. I just wanted to get up there because I wanted to see. You just want to get up there because you want to see him. We're pioneering. You know, some of us, I don't, maybe you don't want to be a pioneer. I mean, let's just get real here. It's okay. When I married Bishop, I began to learn something about us. He's a pioneer. He don't care. If it's scary, he don't care 
if there's risk, he's a pioneer. And if God tells him something, y'all better just give it up. You will never convince that man of anything. Once God has spoken, he's in it, all in it. Now, me, I can see why God put us together. Because me, I'm just like, okay, pioneer, what do I do now? Where do I go? Show me what to do. How do we get this done? See, we're pioneering whether you like it or not. You're pioneering whether you like it or not. Live stream, folks, family, you are pioneers because we ain't never been here before. Look at your neighbor say, it's not a bad thing. Oh, wow, you said that so convincingly. <laughs> say, it's not a bad thing. I mean, how many of you have missed a meal? How many of you have gone without something? Isn't that amazing? You got all the masks and gloves and sanitizer you could ever want. The stores are loaded with that. You may not get breakfast, but you will have sanitizer. And sometimes we get to be like, I ain't been here before, and you know what, God? I don't care. I know there's a ton of people that don't know you yet, but you know what, God? I got this going on in my life right now. And God said to me, I, I said that to God. I said, what about if they don't care? He says, you know what? Tell them, ask me. Ask me. I'm God. Ask me to make you hungry. Ask me to make you passionate for souls. Ask me. Ask me to give you compassion. And man, I understood that. Because when I married Bishop, that man is after every soul he comes into contact with. And I'll never forget, I watched him minister to some homeless folks. And I just began to cry. And he said, oh, honey, are you moved by the Spirit of God? I said, no, I'm moved because I have no compassion. What is wrong with me? He said, oh, that's easy. We'll just ask God. I've never been told that. I've been a Christian longer than he was. <laughs> Only he knew God in a way I'd not experienced. So we sat there in the car and he took my hand and we prayed for God to give Cheryl compassion. And I want to tell you something. From that day forward, I couldn't even pass by anybody without tears coming to my eyes if they were going through something. Ask him. Ask him to give you whatever you need so that you will love the way he loves. Saints, we are pioneering, and the biggest thing this world needs now is love. Love! That used to be a big song back in the 60s. What the world needs now 
is love, sweet love. And everybody would just swoon. It ain't that kind of love. We got to have love. Love for people. Love for addicts. Love for pe political people. Love for all the people in government. Love. Love for those neighbors we just want to backslap. Love for those bosses and those workers that we work with that we just want to trip and pull the carpet out. Love. 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 And sometimes... Love is just smiling. And when they're calling you everything but your name, you're like, okay, God bless you. Love you. That's not easy. I had somebody railing at me. And the old Cheryl... <laughs> Would have said, who do you think you're talking to here? Well, let me tell you what. But I literally just let them rant. And when they got all done, I said, well, I just want you to know, forgive me if I've offended you. I love you. I'm so sorry. I don't know about you, but two things. It took the wind out of their sails. They just stared at me like, you have lost your mind. And I was like, yes, I did it. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Ask him. Ask him to give you that heart for souls. Because saints, it's not about you and your three and no more. It's about kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in Roseville. The kingdom of God in St. Clair Shores. The kingdom of God in Mount Clemens. In East Point. In Michigan. In Sterling Heights. In the kingdom of God throughout America. The kingdom of God in the church. It's about the kingdom. See, we can't go where we've never been before and stay like we are. We can't go like this. We got to go with a mission that God changed me first. And then God used me to touch a lost world. So I says, well, what is it going to take? He goes, I'm going to bring a fresh baptism of fire fresh baptism of fire so see now listen to me because we get excited baptism of fire who oh yes okay i don't know about y'all but i was raised by my bill bethesda missionary temple way back in the day baptism of fire wasn't something you go oh you were like oh god because baptism of fire is fire. She, God's going to burn that junk out of us. Now, in that, in that vein, how many of you have gone through some fire this year? See that fresh baptism. It changed you. Listen to me. I don't care who you are or what you think. You have been changed this year. You have been changed 
the way you think, the way you act, the way you do. Okay, some haven't. Not in this room. It changes you. He says, I'm bringing the baptism of fire. He says, I'm bringing a fresh anointing. He says, I'm bringing a purging and a purifying. Now, how many of you have been purged? Whew. How many of you have been pruned? Whew. You feel like every branch in your body been taken down. He's cleansing. He's healing. He's restoring. He's doing a work. And it has to start in us. Because we can't go and touch all of them out there as we were. He says, it's going to be my mission in that upper room. He told me, he says, I'm going to do a work of truth. And a work of holiness. We do not hear that word in a lot of preaching anymore. But I'm going to say it. Bishop will say it. People that preach in this pulpit will say it. Holiness. That's an inner work. That's not, listen to me. Holiness ain't about you make sure you have your little outfits on right up to your neck and down to the floor, and that you got your bun in place, and that you're wearing all this proper stuff, and that you're, you know, you're, you're uh, doing all these proper things. That's not holiness. Holiness is a work from the inside out where he changes you. He changes your desires. He changes your wants. He changes your uh, perspective. He changes the way you think. That's holiness. And I want to tell you what, you can't fake it. You cannot fake it because God sees and people see. Saints, people know when you really love People know when you're faking it. Kids, young kids know when you're faking it. My little grandson, I just want to eat him up all the time. He knows that his Nana loves him. Because when I pick him up, his arms are stretched toward me. And he'll put his little arms around my neck and he'll lay his little head on my shoulder. And then he'll look at me real fast and smile. They know. They know who's for real. God knows. He says, ask me. I'll do it. How many of you have ever heard what it means to have a brand? God said to me that our brand, he's given us a brand as the people of God that really know him. See, does, isn't that interesting to you that he's got to make sure we know who we are? 
He says, there's going to be a brand on my people because there's a lot of people out there that say they're his people and they ain't. But that's not my job to judge them. That's his job. I just pray for them. But he says, your brand is going to be that you're going to be full of fire and a heart of love for me and my people. You're going to look at every opportunity when you're branded by him as an opportunity to advance his kingdom by loving. You're not called to judge. You're not called to judge people. You don't have to agree with them. They can be in incredible depths of sin, but can you love them out of garbage? I've seen couples come into this house and they weren't married and they were sleeping together and whatever. And I've had people in the house go, you can't let them go to church here. They are not married. I said, oh, yes, I can. Watch me. And they come to church and they experience love. This one couple I'll never forget, they came in my office after we'd been meeting for a little bit, and, uh, you know, they'd just been coming here and loving it, and they came in my office one day, and they said, Pastor, we just got to talk to you. And I said, sure, what's going on? They says, we got to get married. I said, okay, that's an awesome idea. Well, you know, you think it'd be okay. Can you marry us? Because we're not married. I said, as long as you ain't married, I can. (laughs) Saints, love them. Love them. I don't care if they got holes going up their arm, tracks from drugs. If they come into the house and they want God, love them. Love them. Oh, well, they might go back. Love them. You know, if you walk far enough away from something that is evil and not good for you, and you keep walking, and somebody picks you up and says, come on, we'll keep walking, and you pick them up, and you walk with them, and they fall some more, and somebody else comes along and says, come on, let's keep walking. They'll get so far away from that evil that they will come in. Love. Love. It's our responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. We got to do it. I just wonder sometimes, just what if? Just what if we would love so much? We would have loved all the women in the world, all over the world that went and got abortions, if we'd have loved them so much or somebody would have reached out to them from the church that maybe what if we would have done all of that and we didn't have any abortions? Oh, Dr. Cheryl, you're so way out there. You live in another world. No, I live in this one, and sometimes I just weep. God, forgive us. The church has missed it. We've missed the opportunities to love, to embrace, to take on something that ain't convenient. Just what if? 
Just what if God hates abortion so much? And if I have to hear one more person tell me, well, that's not the only issue. No, but what if, just what if God judges us in this world because he says it's the biggest issue? Just what if? And he says, I don't want any more babies murdered. I create them and they kill them. I create them and they kill them. And just what if he thinks it's a big deal? But we wouldn't know because we got to get to the upper room. We don't got to judge who's had them. We got to love them. We got to embrace them because usually they just think that's the only alternative they have. And it ain't. Because if the church rises up, because we've been to the upper room, and if we rise up and say, come here, baby, you do not have to do this. Trust me. Come on. We're going to make a way. We're going to find a way. But you know what? This ain't the best. This ain't the best alternative. What if? Just throwing that out there. Our brand. We're going to be the ones with the love. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation, not a command. Look at Isaiah 43, 19. I'm getting there. I'm almost done. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And some translations say, I'm making a path in the wilderness. And he said to me, he goes, I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line. He says, and as you go over that line, you're either all in or you're not. See, we read that scripture and we think, Wow, he's making a way in the wilderness and streams of water in the desert. And we think, wow, that's awesome. God's making a way in my life. No, he's drawing a line in the Hebrew. He's saying, I'm drawing a line. Now you're either with me or you ain't. See, we don't know that in the Western culture. But that's what that means. He says, I'm either going to see you for me or against me. Wow. You mean we don't get to pick and choose our issues? <laughs> no. We're for him or we're not. You're either all in or you're not. How many of you married folks would have married somebody that says, I'm with you as long as things are good? I only want to stay if everything's great. How many of you would have said, gee, I can't wait to get down the altar? That's what we're doing to God sometimes. I'm with you, God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yippity skippity. All right. And then things go bad and, God, where are you? I can't trust you anymore. Come on. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. He ain't no candy store. We don't get to go in and pick our penny candies. 
We're either for him or we're not. We're all in or we're not. We are going to do this thing or we're not. I don't know about y'all, but I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Say, I'm all in. It's a little tough right now because you know what he's doing? He's exposing our hearts. That's what he's doing to us in this hour. He's trying to find out, are we all in? The other day I was ministering to a gal and she was just so broken. And she goes, Dr. Cheryl, where is God in all this? I said, I know one thing. He's there. I know one thing. He's there. And you're going to see it, but you may, it may take a little bit. But he's there. He's not going to let you down. The fat lady has not sung yet. Saints, we got to be all in. Because I know one thing, he never lets us down. He never lets us down. He's a good God. We just don't get it. Now, nobody is bigger skeptic than me. I'm forever in prayer going, God, what are you doing? I don't understand. And like the other day, I'm walking around my backyard. Just the weather was beautiful. I think we've seen the last of those. But I'm just walking around. I'm going, God, man, what are you doing in so-and-so's life? And what are you doing in the earth? And, and he goes, like, really, Cheryl? Again, we got to talk about all this. He's just God. We do tend to look back and see what he's done. And then we're like, I knew you were coming through, God. You lie. You didn't think you would. <laughs> but he does. He always comes through. Now, he doesn't do it the way you want. <laughs> see, there's Cheryl's way of doing it and God's way of doing it. And I like mine better. Sometimes he doesn't mind my way, but more often than not, he's got the best way. But he's exposing ourselves to ourselves. He says, I'm pruning, I'm purging. He says, it costs you something. He says, you got to be willing to look at some of this junk. Oh, yeah. How many of you are like, I don't want to look at this? But ultimately, this is what he said, Revelation 2, 4. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. He says, I'm making my people return to their first love. I'm making my people come back to their first love. How many of you remember when you got saved? When you took Jesus into your heart. How many of you remember that? Man, you were on fire. You couldn't wait to do whatever. You ran out to buy a Bible. And it had your name on it. Right? He says, I'm taking you back to your first love. And he called it transformation. You're in a season of transformation. You're not in a season of, 
oh my God, woe is me, the world's over, we're going to get bombed, we're going to get killed. No, he says, I'm transforming everything. But it requires preparation, positioning. You got to change your attitude. Because the Holy Ghost is waking us up. This is a season of change, but it's a season of hope. Hope. You are the hope. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can make a difference. I can make a difference. If we'll get to the upper room. I want to close with this. Did you guys get my um, video? I don't know. Yes, beautiful. It's called Plant the Seed. It's from that movie, The Lorax. I want you to see this. Um, sound. Regretting everything I've Can done. Can you start it over? Staring at that word. Thanks. So this is really all your fault. You destroyed everything. Yes. And each day since the Lorax left, I've sat here regretting everything I've done. Staring at that word. Unless... And wondering what it meant. But now I'm thinking. Well, maybe you're the reason the Lorax left that word there. Me? Why would he leave that for me? Because unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. The last Trophila seed. You need to plant it, Ted. Yeah, but nobody cares about trees anymore. Then make them care. Plant the seed in the middle of town where everyone can see. Change the way things are. I know it may seem small and insignificant, but it's not about what it is. It's about what it can become. That's not just a seed. Any more than you're just a boy. someone like all of us cares and gets to the upper room, we can be the change. We can bring hope. We can bring the love of Jesus because we care. We got to do it. But it starts with the upper room. 
Let's pray. Father, we don't want our lives to just be walking through the earth for such a time as this, God. Just trying to get by every day until you take us home or you show up. That's not what you've called us to do. You said that we're called to get to the upper room because we care, because we want to be what you want us to be, because we want to touch a world for Jesus. So, Lord, this morning, take our hearts. Take our hearts this morning. Let us be so filled with your glory from having been in your presence. Let us be so filled that God, we can go out and we will be the change. We'll be the ones that care. We'll be the ones to love. But you got to do a work in us first. So we plant that seed this morning. We look to you. Pray with me this morning. Say, Jesus, plant the seed in me to be passionate, to desire, to want to go out and tell people about you that I want to change. Change me. Take my heart this morning. Maybe I've never given it to you. Maybe I have. But Lord, take my heart. Change me. And let me help change the world. Lord, you be Lord. You be Lord over my life. Father, take me to the upper room. Pull me there. Put a desire, a hunger to get to the upper room. And Lord, when you meet me there, change me. Make it glorious that I'll just want to stay there. Change me. I surrender, Lord. Be the Lord over my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to tell him how much you love him. give God a praise this morning. Awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining me this morning. All of my live stream family, I love you. Thank you for being with us this morning. Let's go out and change the world.
stop in and be the upper room. Amen. We're going to receive a seed offering this morning. So if you came late and you want to drop your tithe in, that's fine too. But if you'd like to come and put a seed, that's fine. But I just want you to have the most awesome day of your life. I just want you to walk through the whole day in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Greet someone as you leave today and tell them, get to that upper room, man. Amen. Have an awesome day.